Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night. Hope you're enjoying your Wednesday. It will be a fun show here on Primetime because we need to talk about the Cowboys' decision regarding Lyle Collins and the offensive line. We talked about it a little bit last week. We talked about how changing positions for Lyle Collins shouldn't really be a a conversation for the Dallas Cowboys, but it appears like the Cowboys are indeed making it a conversation. So we'll talk about it on tonight's show. Thank you for joining me. What is up, YouTube chat? Facebook chat, uh, Twitter, we have Val Valentine on the house, Zach as well, my Cowboys family, Asmodeus, TC915, Brandon D. Wayne. Thank you for joining me on tonight's show. We need to talk about this Lyle Collins thing. I have some thoughts, but it will not only be about my thoughts, I want to hear from you as well in the chat, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And please let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. So, now that more of us are here, and now that you have liked the video and shared the video, let's get ready to start the show officially, and let's get right into this Lyle Collins piece of news. Let's go. What is up, everyone? Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. We had a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire 2021 Cowboys season. And it is already week eight, by the way. It is already week eight, and that pains me a little bit. And I think that it hurts us all as not only Cowboys followers and Cowboys fans, but also as NFL fans, we are already at week eight. Anyways, throughout the entire Cowboys season and of course Maverick season, which is already underway, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content. And man, have the Cowboys given us something to talk about. And I kind of appreciate it from one perspective because I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm feeling the loathe of not having watched the Cowboys play in a long time. I'm already feeling it. Uh, the, the bye week is not easy to get through, and I'm already feeling that absence in, in life, right? But the Cowboys will play on Sunday night. It will be a fun game versus the Minnesota Vikings, but the Cowboys steer the pot a little bit. So, but before we get into it, let's read some comments. What is up, Stevie Mac? Reminding people to hit the like button and, of course, share the show. Val Valentin says, I'd say keep still in place and don't mess with chemistry of the team. My Cowboys fan, family uh, saying peace out. Ever since Mauricio Stevie Mac says, stated he would like to see Dallas trade for Melvin Ingram, I've seen about eight articles since then bringing up Ingram. Hey, let's go. We're setting the trends here on ADC Sports Dallas primetime. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's talk about Lyle Collins, though. And the first question, let's get right into it. Do you agree or disagree with the Cowboys' handling of Lyle Collins? And shout out to What The, because he's asking who puts thumbs down before the show starts. We, you know, you, you, you can get some haters here on, on YouTube and on Facebook, but it's all right. We can deal with them. And in order to overcome the haters, 
please give us that thumbs up here on primetime. Let's talk about the Cowboys handling of Lyle Collins, because I think it's been a little bit controversial, and I understand why it has been a little bit controversial. First and foremost, let's get into what Mike McCarthy said on today's press conference, because I think that it, it has been taken out of context by some people. He did say that to start the week, Terrence Steele was your starter at right tackle, while Lyle Collins was going to take some snaps at right tackle and as and at left guard as well. So this was kind of a surprise, but it also makes sense in that the Dallas Cowboys are, in my opinion, trying to send a message to Lyle Collins, right? He messed up. He attempted to bribe an officer. He's been unavailable for the Cowboys for the past couple of years. And maybe the Cowboys simply do not want to hand the starting job right back to Lyle Collins before making him earn it. Now, I see that most people agree with how the Cowboys have handled this situation. So I, I realize that I might be in the minority, in the minority here, but I, I, I kind of disagree with how the Cowboys have handled things so far. Maybe they proved me wrong, but I, 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 I like the idea of sending a message to Lyle Collins. But if the message is still being sent on Sunday, when the Cowboys played the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night, then I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't like it. I, I need Lyle Collins to start at right tackle Sunday night versus the Minnesota Vikings. Here is how my thought process has gone throughout this entire situation. I like what Trent Steele has done so far. I, I really do, and I think that we should all not only applaud the player, but also the, the coaching staff. Because, man, have the Cowboys done a good job regarding Terrence Steele's development. He's a very different player now than he was back in 2020. He's a very different player. But I think that very few people would have the courage to tell you that Terrence Steele is a better tackle than Lyle Collins. Because, in my opinion, he clearly is not. Collins is, in my view, one of the best right tackles in the NFL. And I think that Terrence Steele, for as good as he has looked, he is not there yet. He is not in that type of conversations yet. Can he get there? Maybe. He has improved a lot in the past year. But right now, he is not better than Lyle Collins at tackle. So there is that. In terms of sending a message to the team, I think... In my opinion, there are just way too many options as to imposing discipline to a player or to the entire roster other than not playing your best right tackle versus the number one team in the NFL in pressure rate, that is the Minnesota Vikings. Now, one part of it is the part of the message, which I feel like I feel in terms that you could, you could do that otherwise. Now, in terms of the other side of the coin, which is, playing Lyle Collins at left guard and giving him some reps at left guard, I got to be honest with you, I don't like it either because Collins has not played in the left side of the line in a while. The last time that he did was in 2017. So I don't really like the idea of moving Collins around because 
there is something to this in the NFL where it even becomes muscle memory. And we have seen countless offensive linemen, former and current players, and countless offensive line gurus like Duke Manyweather, who actually coaches Lyle Collins in the offseason, talk about the problems in moving offensive linemen around, especially when they are already pros. Because maybe it is different for a college prospect that has... Uh, that, that, that is coming into the NFL and that you're going to develop at another position. That is a different conversation. Collins has been a pro in the NFL for a while now at right tackle. Now you're going to not only ask him to get some snaps at guard, but also on the other side of the offensive line. And I know that we enjoy the clips of 2016 Lyle Collins when he was absolutely destroying people in some run plays and the highlights were very fun. But the truth is that Lyle Collins was not really an elite offensive guard. We, I think there, that is a blurry memory of Cowboys Nation in general. I like the highlights. I, I, I like what Lyle Collins did in some of these plays. But there is a reason Ron Leary never gave up that job. There is a reason why Collins was, uh, at one point, you know, he was dealing with an injury and, and everything. But at, at some point, Ron Leary had that left guard job. And Collins is a better tackle than he ever was a guard in 2016. Maybe he would have developed into a better offensive guard if he had stayed there. But you already know what he is. And I'm afraid that if the Cowboys start playing with him at left guard, not only are you not going to get the results that you want to get from him inside, but also you might affect his performance as a right tackle because the movements are different. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. The movements are clearly different and there is muscle memory ingrained into this and there is a lot of aspects in terms of motion and how the offensive linemen actually work, especially for a player like Lyle Collins, which work, who works very hard at this and that is the reason why he actually trains with Duke Manyweather, who puts a lot of attention on, you know, motion techniques and just really the entire uh, physics of playing the tackle position in the NFL. So, bottom line says Jersey Duchess, Collins is the second most versatile player on the offensive line. And I agree with that. Maybe we're talking about a versatile player in Lyle Collins. But I don't know if you want to move your best tackle, your best right tackle, excuse me, just to send a message. Because I think this is where the Cowboys think is going. I think it's more about sending a message to Lyle Collins than to upgrading at left guard. I really believe that. And Mike McCarthy spoke about potentially playing their best five offensive linemen a year after Lyle, uh, he was talking about not moving Zach Martin because he did not believe in that fantasy football nonsense, which I also thought that was wrong at the time. But, you know, it, it's like the Zach Martin conversation. He looked very well. He played well at right tackle, but you wanted him at right guard because that is his position in which he chimes the most. That is how I feel about Lyle Collins. And I also don't think that it is... I mean, uh, regular season practices are not like training camp practices. They're not like off-season practices, preseason. Lyle Collins is going to get a chance, according to the team, to earn his job back. 
but he's going to do that in primarily non-contact practices. Like these guys don't even go at it that hard during the regular season, during the week. And we know that teams have actually told us that before. This is not the preseason. This is not training camp. I just think that the Cowboys might be trying to send this message, and I think that it's a little bit forced or that they could do it otherwise. And right now, I know that the Cowboys are going to prove me wrong just as soon as I say this, but if you ask me who, do I, who would I bet on to start at right tackle versus the Vikings, I would still bet on Lyle Collins. I think that he has a chance to still be your starter at right tackle, even in spite of what the Cowboys have said publicly so far. Those holding calls, says D-Town Williams. Gordon Williams has been getting might be more of the reason they're looking at changing things up. And I kind of, I, I, I understand why this has been part of the conversation as well. But I mean, they, they haven't even, get, you know, given a, a chance to, to counter McGovern. I just, I, I agree. Here's where I struggled with this. I agree with people in that Connor Williams has played bad football and that he has been an issue at the offensive line and the same for Tyler Vyadish. And I agree with people in saying that, you know what, maybe playing the best five offensive linemen could be a possibility. But I don't, I just really do not feel like the Cowboys should explore changing the Terence, uh, Lyle Collins just because Lyle Collins is so good at right tackle and he's clearly the better player, in my opinion. If you slide him over to left guard, not only are you not playing your best right tackle, but you're also flipping a coin, in my opinion, at left guard. Because keep in mind, we have not seen Collins since 2017 at left guard. And keep in mind that when he played inside, he was not elite. He was not great. And in my opinion, if you if people remind, remember him as a great left guard, I think they're basing their thoughts a lot on those highlights that we were talking about. Because Collins was not nearly as dominant at left guard than he has been at right tackle. I truly believe that to be the case. APJ says, are we wanting to win or do we want Pro Bowl right tackle? Still isn't getting our quarterback killed, but that center and left guard might, especially in the playoffs against Donald and Vea. And here is, and I understand what APJ is saying, but I, and, and one of the arguments in pro of, of uh, uh, Terrence Steele at right tackle has been, well, the Cowboys have won five straight without Lyle Collins at right tackle. The Cowboys have also been winning with Connor Williams and Tyler Viadish struggling. If you have Terrence Steele as your starting right tackle, I still believe that the Cowboys are going to send him some help, be it via tight end chips or running back in the pass protection schemes. Pass protection scheme, excuse me. I think that if you play Collins at right tackle, you don't have to worry about that. And you can worry more about sending some help inside one way or another. I want to see some pancakes. I wouldn't mind calling set guard, says Dallas Young. And I realize I'm, I'm apparently in the minority here. And I think that in Cowboys Twitter, I realize that as well. But I feel strongly about Collins staying at right tackle. I think that is the, I think this shouldn't even be a conversation. That's how I feel about this Lyle Collins thing. And I truly believe that the only reason that the Cowboys are doing this is to send a message. And I would like it if they did it another way that did not involve 
not playing the inferior player at right tackle because that is what, it, what, what they're doing. I, bottom line, that is what the Cowboys would be doing by playing still at, at right tackle over Lyle Collins and flipping a coin inside. That's how I feel about this, to be honest. Hey, Mauricio, I wanted to ask, says Raul de la Garza, if you think Connor Williams does have a problem with holding penalties, or do you think last game was just the refs being harsh on the boys? I think it's a little bit of both. And I might get killed in the comments here for, the, for what I'm about to say, but I think that, of course, last week, last game versus the Patriots was rough for Connor Williams. And the season has been rough, no doubt about that either. But I do think that Connor Williams is a better guard than giving credit for. Not that he is very good or anything like that. I just think that he gets killed sometimes like we killed Chaz Green. And I don't think he's even in that category, of course. But I think that Collins, I, I think that if, if, if I could sum up well, uh, Connor Williams, excuse me, in a few words, I would describe him as a solid left guard that has two to three thirtyable bad horrible moments per game and that is just not what you want from a left guard but I'm also not switching my best tackle uh, over on the right side to replace him that is how I feel about this conversation Collins is not dependable he might miss other games for many reasons he is better still is dependable says Clay Cobb can still play left asks Val Ballantyne I don't, I, I don't think that the Cowboys would explore that. At, at least if we're talking inside, I don't think that he would. If, if they ask him to play left tackle, maybe he can get it done. But I would, I would be surprised if the Cowboys play him inside with Collins at right tackle. D-Town says, this is an interesting subject. I see your point, Mauricio. I can't call it. I'll just trust our coaches to make the right decision. And that is another point that, that I agree with. At least I trust Joe Philbin and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy to make the right call. Hopefully that is the case. I wasn't just, it wasn't just last game since Manny Ramos. He's been doing that all year. The good thing is Dak has overcome a Williams mistakes. Connor Williams is average at best. I would say solid. I, I would describe him as a solid player. We should run right up the gut on the Vikings. They can't handle us, says Dallas Young. Bad run defense, definitely, from the Vikings. Number 24 in the NFL, or is it number 28? But it's one of those two. But yeah, I think that the Cowboys should keep Lyle Collins at right tackle. And I understand their frustrations with the fact that Lyle Collins has been injured in 2020 and then suspended this season. But I think he's clearly the best right tackle. And I think that he's not, he, he did not play as great as many remember from 2016 when he played in, on the inside. So, yeah, if, if the Cowboys, I'm not going to lie to you, if the Cowboys do not line up Lyle Collins at right tackle as his starter next Sunday night, I will, be, I will be angry. I will not like that decision. He is the best right tackle, and I think it... it ah. Lyle guard still right tackle Ronald Knight, says Stephen White. Man, I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. I know I'm in the minority here, and it's okay. I'm in the minority. But I like Lyle Collins better at right tackle and give me a very solid, very good duo of tackles with a great, all-time great right guard in Zach Martin. And let's let Tyler Vyadish, who has improved a little bit over the past couple of games, 
and Connor Williams try to figure things out inside. Stevie Mac does say one thing that I agree with, though. He says, I'll say one thing. If Lael pulls any crap, he'll definitely not be on this team next year. And he definitely, and someone tweeted about this. I don't remember who it was. Uh, but someone tweeted about Lael Collins clearly having pissed off someone within the organization. And it might be the entire organization since he has only played one of his last potential 22 games. And it sucks that that is the case. But he's still the best player, in my opinion, and the Cowboys should definitely play him at right tackle. Now, let's move on to another topic, because if not, we'll talk about Lyle Collins for two hours here. But I wanted to talk to you about why I think the Vikings are perfect for the Dallas Cowboys' one defect on offense. And that main problem for the Dallas Cowboys in 2021 has been red zone offense. That has been Kellen Moore's problem since he became the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. He has been the 15th best offense in the NFL in terms of red zone, then the 29th, and today in the NFL, he his offense ranks 24th in the NFL in red zone efficiency. Lucky for the Cowboys, luckily for the Cowboys, the Minnesota Vikings have struggled on red zone defense. And the Vikings are actually at 24 as well on the other side of the ball. So that means that the Cowboys are scoring a touchdown on 56% of their red zone trips, while the Vikings are allowing touchdowns in 71% of their red zone stands. This might spell a perfect opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys to solve their issues. Now, Bob Storm from The Athletic did a very good job describing Kellen Moore's woes in the red zone. And he actually mentioned that in goal-to-go situations, since joining the NFL, Dak Prescott, as, with Dak Prescott as a quarterback, the run rate for the Dallas Cowboys is at 63%. So with Prescott on their center, the Cowboys are running the football 63% of the time. And given that since Dak Prescott is a killer in the passing game, in my opinion, he has looked very, very well in the past few years. That number is a little bit high, but the Cowboys have struggled to find someone in the red zone that they can trust and go to constantly. And that is actually a question that I had for you tonight. Which Cowboy do you think can emerge as a reliable red zone threat? But this Vikings team, man, is a perfect opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys to get things right in the red zone. They have struggled so far. They're getting there. They are being one of the most efficient offenses in terms of DBOA, EPA per play. But once they get inside the 20, they're struggling. And if you look at the winningest teams in the NFL, most of them, if they are offensive teams that are very based on offense, they rank in the top five, top 10 elite teams are around 60-65% efficiency rate in the red zone. And the Cowboys are all the way down at 56, which ranks 24th in the NFL. And if you take a look at the rest of the teams that are down there, they shouldn't be in the same category as the Cowboys. That is one area that the Dallas Cowboys need to address. And the Vikings defense might provide them a cool chance to do so. So the question is, which Cowboy do you think can emerge as a reliable red zone threat? Dallas Junk says, Schultz for sure, I think he already is. 
what the agrees with the tight ends. And I think many people will answer the tight ends because it really gives the Cowboys a lot of opportunities to attack down the middle. And, and Dak Prescott has been able to connect with, you know, Dalton Schultz. I'm looking forward to getting Michael Gallup back. And this is not based on any stat. I gotta be honest with you. I'm not basing this opinion on stats. I just feel like Michael Gallup can do a lot of stuff in the red zone that other receivers maybe can. The fact that he can line up everywhere, the fact that he is not likely to draw double coverage like maybe Amari Cooper could because he's such a good route runner. But Michael Gallup in the red zone, I think, could be a very important factor for the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe not versus the Vikings because he might not play versus Minnesota. But once he gets back to with the Cowboys and, and fully healthy, I think that he can be the red zone threat the Cowboys are looking for. And he has done some fantastic contested catches throughout his career. So that might be the case. Just throw the city from the 35, says Jason, solving things. Like you don't you don't have to to have a good red zone offense if you score beyond the red zone. I like where Jason's head is at. Steven White says run over the tight side in the red zone, LOL. Now I I know that we just complain about the run rate for the Dallas Cowboys in the red zone being 63% since Dak Prescott joined the team. But also, and I realize that Dak Prescott is coming off from an injury in 2020, and I know that he's dealing with a calf strain in 2021, and we don't ri want to risk Dak Prescott at all. But, man, I would love some more read option for the Dallas Cowboys. I know many people will not like this, but I would like the Cowboys to use more read option, sort of like the Seahawks do with Russell Wilson. I'm not asking the Cowboys to turn this into the Baltimore Ravens offense, but when you are in goal-to-go -go situations, and actually I, I, I lied to you just a few moments ago, the 63% run rate is not for the red zone. It is for goal-to-go situations. So the Cowboys, when they are near the goal line, they will go to the run 63% of the time <clears throat> with Dak Prescott as a quarterback. But I would like... Dak Prescott to, to run the football a little bit more um, over in the red zone. Arthur Perez has a, a an original answer, and I like it. I'm thinking Noah Brown hasn't been utilized in the red zone, and he is a big target. Some people have even campaigned for Noah Brown to become a tight end. Shout out to John Williams, great member of Cowboys Twitter, great person. And I remember that at some point, John was pushing that narrative, right? He wanted Noah Brown to become a tight end. And that was because he's a big target, as Arthur Perez is saying. So I like that answer as well. I think that was an original one. But also I like Stevie Mac, Stevie Mac's answer. Uh, let Mac Govern run the ball as a fullback in the red zone. The moment that Connor McGovern gets a, a run in the red zone, I think Twitter will just, Twitter will, will calm down. Twitter will literally fall thanks to Cowboys fans, I believe. That would be the most amazing moment of it all. So, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, and of course, the World Series is being played right now, so we, we don't worry, I won't keep you for much longer. But as you guys remember, every Wednesday, we will have this segment, and this is the one cool thing of the week. So, what is your one cool thing of the week? And this can be sports related this can be cowboys related football related baseball re uh, related 
personal related, the last week, Primetime Field shared with us that he was starting two new jobs. So you can go with things like that. It doesn't matter as, as long as it is one cool thing. One cool thing of the week. What is it for you? And D-Town, I know he says, I can't agree with running Dak, man. It's too risky. Dak is too valuable, especially with his calf strain lingering. Yeah, I, I, I would wait until Dak Prescott is fully healthy. I would not run him yet. So my one cool thing of the week, before you guys give your answers over in the chat, my one cool thing of the week came last night and I might be biased because it is baseball and it is a world series but for those of you who have not watched Jorge Soler came back and he was a lead of hitter for the Atlanta Braves first batter up and he hits a blast he hits a home run and that was in 117 world series that was the first ever home run hit by a leadoff hitter in the top of the first. We had seen home runs in the bottom of the first of the World Series in game one, of course, but Jorge Soler's was the first ever in the top of the first in World Series history. And I was just amazed by that. And I know like you only get 116 batters to, to do so in baseball history, but it's, I was still very surprised that that was the first time that ever happened. I thought about, I, I, I thought for a moment there to include Charlie Morton's performance as my one cool thing of the week, but I didn't want it to come off wrong because I was going to say, in case you missed it, Charlie Morton broke his fibula on the mound last night and he still remained there to pitch, to, to get three more outs, including two strikeouts, including Jose Altuve. So, it was amazing to see that. We, we learned that afterward. But man, how do you pitch with a broken fibula? That is just superhuman stuff right there. But I did not choose it like my one cool thing because it is definitely not cool that Charlie Morton, one of the October great pitchers, uh, got injured that way. So having pancakes is Val Valentine's cool thing of the week. Uh, Stargazer says, Braves in the World Series. Stephen White's is number 13, but I think that he meant in, in the red zone conversation. I burnt my Chile Colorado, says Stephen White. One bad thing of the week. You don't, you don't burn Chile Colorado, Stephen. You, that is just, that, that, that hurt me. That hurt me. It really did. Uh, Dallas Young says, my one cool thing of the week is watching the Astros lose, which hey, I, if you are a, an Astros hater, and I am an Astros hater, the, I mean, I'm, I'm still not... I'm somewhere in between because I, I, I have still not forgiven them for, for the 2017 debacle, but I also like that they have embraced their roles as the billions of Major League Baseball. Uh, the fastest bullets travel uh, around 2,600 feet a second. That is God Bumber's uh, one cool thing of the week. As Modelo says, Tom Brady's 600th touchdown. That was amazing and everything that happened. We afterwards with the negotiation. What this says, had dinner with my brothers and talked about the boys. Hey, that is amazing. My my two brothers are not Cowboys fans, which I hate. Uh, Joshua Davis says, just, just ordered Cowboys jerseys. My one cool thing. Oh, three Cowboys jerseys. Wow. Shout out to Joshua. Tell us whose jerseys were they. Beef jerky was on sale at Target. That's my cool thing for the week. Hey, that is definitely cool, Stevie Mac. 
Dinner. Uh, okay, one cool thing. The NBA is back. Let's go Maps. You can read more about the Dallas Mavericks at adcsports.com slash Dallas. It takes his satellite. All right, so God Bomber is just throwing out that trivia. It takes his satellite roughly 90 minutes to orbit around Earth. Made it through a work week, says Isaiah. That is an achievement in and of itself, definitely. Astros in the World Series. My cool thing, Mike Diggs' jersey is on its way. And Val Valentin says to ciao, everyone. Good night. Well, also, it is Halloween weekend. I don't know about you, but I love Halloween. So we'll see how it goes. So the jerseys that Josh Davis got were Diggs, Lamp, and Elliot. I will need to buy a Trevon Diggs jersey because I'm giving away one on Twitter at Mau NFL. It's M-A-U-N-F-L. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on tonight's ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Definitely had fun. I know that I was not the... I know that I did not have the most agreeable opinion for the night, but we'll see how it turns out for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I will stick with my story and I will say that the Cowboys should definitely start Lyle Collins at right tackle next Sunday night versus the Minnesota Vikings. Make sure you check out ADC Sports Dallas primetime. Uh, sorry, excuse me. ADCSports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys and Mavericks views. Ruglock says, my cool thing, it is still not late uh, to, to send yours. I guess would have to be getting my niece to ride her bike without training wheels for the first time tonight. Hey, that is definitely a cool thing. Shout out to Ruglock and congratulations. Make sure you check out guys, adcsports.com slash Dallas. Thank you for joining me. I will see you tomorrow night for the final time this weekend. And we will talk about the final game prediction. We'll talk about betting the Cowboys, one bet to make on this game, and we'll talk more about it on the show. Thank you guys for joining me. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Time. Let's go.